and 10 from the Green Bay 26. Offset eye right. Cousins under center. Swings it out right flat. Cook on the run. 25, 20, 15, 10. To the 5. Touchdown! Dalvin Cook got into the end zone. You're listening to the Minnesota Vikings podcast. I'm Dalvin Cook. Let's go. You win. We win. You win. We win. This is Everson Griffin, and you listen to the Minnesota Vikings podcast. Welcome to the Minnesota Vikings podcast with your hosts, Mike Wabshaw and Chris Corso. Wow, what an intro. Okay, uh, that is how you get a podcast started. I love it. This is the Minnesota Vikings podcast. It's a new season and we have some new content from the Vikings Entertainment Network. And this property right here is one of them. It's the Minnesota Vikings podcast, the first edition of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. It will be a weekly challenge for us to produce and create this, and we can't wait to do it all throughout the 2019 season. It'll be your source for Vikings information, opinion, and entertainment. Think of it as a souped-up version of the Wobcast. Yeah, the Wobcast is no more, but it's going to turn into something better. The Minnesota Vikings podcast, the MVP. You can find it the same way you've always found the Wobcast, vikings.com. It's on iTunes, the Vikings app in the audio section, the iHeartRadio app, TuneIn Vikings channel, Google Podcasts, and soon to be on the Spotify channel. It will have more production, which you've already noticed. It will have more talent, which you're going to notice, as we have some fine folks behind the scenes, including longtime member of the VEN, Jay Nelson, helping to put all of this together. We'll use some of the old segments we've always used that you heard from Corso and from me over the years. We'll have some new segments, including a fan voicemail segment that we're going to introduce in a little bit and ask you guys uh, to participate in. So we're going to have a lot of fun uh, with all of that. And we ha- we're we going to have a lot of fun on today's show. But before I preview the show, I'm going to bring in the co-host and the co-producer, Chris Corso. Welcome him back to the podcast. What's, What's up, going man? on? I'm, I'm ex- that, that new intro got I me like going. I like it. Yeah, man. <laughs> we got a hype man. Dalvin Cook's our hype man. Dalvin Cook was excited to introduce the Minnesota Vikings podcast. Yeah, man. I love it. I mean, we're going to have to have Dalvin on the show. A hundred percent. We had a pretty um, good guest this week. We do have a good guest this week. We have a we have a, we're kicking off the Minnesota Vikings podcast in a good way. We're off to a fast start already. Not going to lie about that. Uh, I love the intro, and we have offensive coordinator Kevin Stefanski on the show. So we're going to get to him in just a second. But before we do that, I want to preview what's coming up. 2019 Verizon Vikings training camp is here. It's begun. Rookies and quarterbacks have already reported. Veterans are reporting on Friday for the first full squad practice. Actually, they're reporting Thursday. But the first full squad practice is Friday. So 2019 Verizon Vikings training camp has kicked off. We're going to go over some of the big storylines. Where You're going to hear from Kevin Stefanski in a moment. You're also going to hear from Vikings manager of special events, C.J. Rue. He's going to give you the rundown on what's going on at training camp, how to get to training camp, what to do when you're at training camp. We'll get to some fan mail. You're going to hear from Zim. We have a term of the day. But first... Let's get it kicked off with our guest. Vikings offensive coordinator Kevin Stefanski came into the radio studio here at TCO Performance Center, and he's talking shop with us. Vikings offensive coordinator Kevin Stefanski. Hi. Hey, Wabi. How's it going, man? Great. Thanks you, for having me. You bet. Your first press conference of training camp is over. Congratulations. Thank you. I yeah. did it. You got it Got it kicked off the right way. Before we do our interview, uh, Corso's got some funny sound we want you to hear. Can't yeah. wait. All right. I'm ready. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> that's the Wayback Machine you guys yeah. just took me. That's so, the year 2009. Yes, that's right. The voices we heard in there were... Brett Favre. Brett, yeah. Probably Jared Allen. And Jared, yeah, definitely. I believe that would have been after the Cowboy, the divisional round win over the Cowboys. Yeah. Because it was one down, two more to go. Yeah, it was after a playoff win, and <laughs> I'm sure all of our listeners remember Pants on the Ground from American Idol. Yep. That 15 minutes of fame for that right. gentleman. Right, that's right. What um, What a season that was, huh? How much time do we have? Yeah, <laughs> not enough to go through the whole thing, but that was well, that was that was pretty crazy. It was magical, and and you know, a lot. Oftentimes, we focus on how it ended instead of thinking mm-hmm. how it was. And for me personally, that was the first time that I was in a the meeting room. So oh. I was the uh, my first year as a quality control coach. So here I am 
bright-eyed and bushy-tail, as Coach Childers would say. And mm-hmm. I'm in the quarterback meeting room, and here comes Brett Favre, Hall of Famer, soon to be. So amazing what a way to break into the yeah. profession, both <laughs> with that quarterback and with that season. Yeah, We're trying to remind people how long you've been around the team. And that well, goes pretty far back. Yeah, yeah. I don't, oh, pre- I don't predate Wobby though. <laughs> Not quite, but pretty close. <laughs> close. Uh, pretty close. And actually, I have something on here. I was going to ask you. What were you doing on July twenty fourth, two thousand and five? Okay. And the reason that's the date is right now it's the twenty fourth, I believe. Yep, it's the twenty fourth right now. Yeah. Oh five. Yeah. That was my f- first day of Vikings training oh. camp as an employee. Happy I was an anniversary. Intern. Thank you. I was an intern. <laughs> yeah. Um, you were here the next year, oh six. But I want to know what you were doing in oh five. Yeah, I was uh, also interning for okay. the Philadelphia Eagles. All right. And yeah. that was uh, their training camp when it was up in Bethlehem, uh, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. Lehigh University. And uh, what a year that you know, To and McNabb and. Okay. Very interesting times. Yeah, uh, I guess I've seen it all when I yep. when I think back to it. But uh, yeah, quite an opportunity for me, and that's kind of when I first got the the taste of this profession and, mm-hmm. and knew this was something that I wanted to do. Yeah, so th- you know, all that has happened from July twenty fourth of '05 through now, you know, is has been pretty crazy. And we just went through some sound from '09. But what are some things that stand out? A couple of things for my career. Yeah, you know, I think it's always the people. Mm-hmm. For me and for a lot of us, and you think back to the amazing characters that have made their way through this building, and, and we just mentioned Brett, I mean, Jared mm-hmm. Allen, you know, guys I've gotten to coach over the years, whether at the tight end position or the running back position, and it's fun because we as coaches show a lot of tape from previous years. Oh, yeah. So there's plenty of tape that guys are watching, and it's a Brett Favre clip thrown to Sidney Rice or Percy Harvin. or We, we try to – because these plays, yeah. as I tell everybody – you know, there's plays that stand the test of time, and they're part of our offense. So we like to show, hey, guys, this is look at this play back from I – mean, we got tape going way back. Yes. So yeah. I think it's it reaches the guys when you have that. But to your question, I just think back to those personalities that have walked through that door, and, and it's mm-hmm. many of them. Yeah, should for we, sure. Should we quiz him right now? Yeah, what do you got? Can you name all the starting quarterbacks that you have worked with <laughs> since you've been here? I, I would probably have to start with Favre. Uh, no. Well, I mean, no. if you want to go back to 06, yeah. you'd start with uh, oh my God. the bull, Brad Johnson. Brad Johnson. Brad Johnson. <laughs> That's right. And then it was way back. Tavares Jackson. Mm-hmm. Brooks Bollinger yeah. was on that team. And side note on Brooks Bollinger. Wow. The greatest handoff quarterback in the history. He should go in the Hall of Fame. Because <laughs> he did something better than anybody at Wisconsin, handing off to those great running backs. Yeah. Was it Ron Dane? Ron Dane, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then here... He was the quarterback when Adrian broke the record, 296 versus okay. the Chargers. Uh, was Scott, he was yeah. a quarterback that day. Yeah. So, Hall of Fame. Yeah. Bruce uh, Bollinger. Gus Farratt. <laughs> mm-hmm. Kelly Holcomb. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to jump to Christian Ponder, Joe Webb. I'm going to go to... Joe Webb? Mm-hmm. Monday Night Football? Joe Webb. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I will say this. Speaking of personalities, in my opinion, Joe Webb is the best teammate I've ever been around. Oh yeah, his teammates loved him, yeah. and he was great for the locker room. Was his enthusiasm was infectious, and it's I think it's no mistake the guy's still playing. Yeah, that's right. He's, he's found a way. He's found a role, and it's hard to it's hard to run guys like that out of your building mm-hmm. when he's such a team guy. Yeah. Um. So I'm a Joe Webb fan. Yeah. Uh. So keep going. Who am I, who am I missing? Um. Did we get the Christian? Saw, I, yep. Then you would have gotten Matt into Matt Castle. Oh yeah, Matt. Mm-hmm. Go Teddy, Teddy, Sean Hill, Sam Bradford. I shouldn't do this because I'm going to forget somebody. Uh, Case, <laughs> Kirk. Did I miss somebody? I think you nailed them. Oh boy, that's pretty good. That's a lot. And um, talk about experience. Yeah, and, it, and like you said, it's personalities. You're dealing yeah. with a lot of personalities, you know. Um, and you want to have quarterbacks who are good teachers because you, you rely on them to be an extension of your coaching staff, and I think you guys have found some players who have been good in that way. You know? We have an outstanding quarterback room partic- right now that, yeah. that we're talking about. I mean, I, I think so highly of the coaches we have in that room. I think so highly of these players, and the discussion is outstanding. Mm-hmm. And we can really drill down as we're teaching. Questions come up, and I, I just i am so impressed with the – how these guys work together, and it's a collaborative effort, and there's there's really great questions being asked. Yeah, talk me through, you know, becoming the Vikings' offensive coordinator, and like 
Norv gets hired here, and it's like, oh, Norv Turner. Like, mm. wow, Norv Turner. He's been a head coach. He's got clout, mm. right? Pat Shermer, where he, he's been in different spots, and he's got, he's got influence and clout. He's been a head coach. Was there any part of you that was like, you know, I started here with the Vikings in 06 when I started. You know, I, I was whatever rung of the ladder you want to say you were on. And you have the bottom. Okay, you have progressed up, and now you're the offensive coordinator. All the way but to the top. is part of it like, uh, like, like you're the Adam Thielen of coaches? You know what I mean? Like the the cute story of the, no, <laughs> Adam I don't would hate like, that like, <laughs> like like the cute story. Like he's just worked his way up, and he's so approachable and nice, and everyone loves him. Whereas some other guys come in and it's they have clout. And did you have you ever battled that? Am I am I explaining it clearly? You're explaining. I just have okay. never thought about it. Okay, well that's <laughs> you know, good, I guess. I'm not looking. That maybe I'm not smart enough to think about it, but trying to be a cute story or whatever. Yeah. For me, the the job I take so seriously. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, a big job. I appreciate how important it is, and our goal hasn't changed from week one, 2006. Doesn't matter. We're trying to win football games here. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's so easy for me to get back to that and understand Coach Zim's team and what that looks like and how we win here, being offense, defense, special teams, everybody doing their part. So for me, I can focus on what I, I have to do to do my part, mm-hmm. um, and I'll let you worry about the rest. Right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, can, we can do the storytelling. Yeah. Um, who do you spend the most time with in the building here? Well, that's also a good question, something I don't think about. It's not you, thank God. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you who you spend a lot of time with is your quality control coaches. Yeah, and which we have been one. So. I've been one, so yeah. I know that drill. So we have two really, really good ones in A.C. Patterson and Christian Jones are, are new to the Vikings this year. Mm-hmm. And those guys work their tail off. I don't even want to know what time they get in the building. Yeah, um, They're self-starters. They keep me informed. You know, I, Thank God they're here to help me. Um, because awesome. they really are, are going into meetings. Mm-hmm. There's, they leave no stone unturned, so I think they do an outstanding job. There's worse people to spend time with than me in the building. All right? right? <laughs> Can you name right? them? Anyone? I don't know. I'm no? Think. Am I the worst? <laughs> oh, man. I spend okay. a lot of time with I'm them, so it's not I mean, just... Yeah, that's right. You're talking to someone who knows from experience. Um, what's working with Coach Zim? What are some things that – a person needs to understand to to have a successful working relationship with Coach Zim because he's had a lot of success here, yeah. and uh, he's a very popular head coach for, for the Vikings. What what have you learned about working with Coach Zim? Yeah, I, mean, I go back to I've been a tight end coach for him, a running back mm-hmm. coach for him, a quarterback coach for him. So we I've worked with him over the years at different positions. For me, what I love is I played defensive back in college, and again, not at a high level. Okay, not very well. Ivy League. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Not at a high level, not very well. So, Zim, I just appreciate his defensive prowess, and we got to go against it every day, and it is hard. I can tell yeah. you it is hard. So it's just so impressive to watch him teach, watch him implement a system uh, schematically talking about defense. On top of that, I think he just does a great job of leading our football team. His personality, which everybody knows, you know, that's his football team. It's mm-hmm. tough. It's it's a we, we, you know, this, these players love football. They're passionate about it, but we don't have to talk about it. You know, that's he's more of a here's what we're going to do, here's how we're going to do it, and let's not talk about it. So yeah. that's what I appreciate yeah. about Coach Zim. How about um, the how it happened with Clint Kubiak and Gary Kubiak coming here? Because I know that people may not know the full story, nor nor will maybe we ever know the full story. That's mm-hmm. that's for the team, but you know, you have you had a relationship with Clint before this time around for Clint because he was here first. And then talk about how that kind of came about, you and Coach Zim and what the, what the thinking was. Yeah, well, and it starts with Clint, speaking of quality control coaches. So mm-hmm. Clint was a quality control ki- coach here with us for the Vikings, I think, for two seasons. Right, when, when Leslie was the head coach, right? Correct. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Clint's one of my best friends in this game. Uh, he and I are very close. And we, over the years, when you're with in this profession, you see each other, you stay together with each other. So that's kind of – I got to know Gary through Clint. You get okay. to know somebody, you get to know their family. So – that's where our relationship started. And when Coach Zim was putting this staff together, this offensive staff, when, when this became a, a possibility, um, because of that personal relationship, I'm 100% on board. So right. I think you got to give credit to Coach Zim because, you know, going back to, to the mindset that he's instilled in this team is we're about winning. And I think we are a better football team 
in order to go win football games, and mm-hmm. we're a better offense when you add Gary Kubiak, Clint Kubiak, the, adding Rick Dennison and Brian Periani. You know, the staff that we put together I think is really impressive, but I, I give a ton of credit to Coach Zim for having the foresight to see that and, and how it will play out. And, again, the personal relationship that I have with those two is, uh, is, yeah. is, is what makes it happen. And, and I, they do – you know, Clint coaching those quarterbacks, I will tell you, and I could show you, he leaves no stone unturned. He is yeah. on top of it. So the amount of information that he's able to teach to those guys and then to have somebody like Gary in that meeting room on the practice field with those guys, it's just – I couldn't be happier because yeah. all of a sudden I look like a great coach when, when you have great yeah. players yeah. and great coaches. So I just think it's, it's so impressive. And, and those two have – Clint and Gary have a great working relationship that they've been working on for mm-hmm. the last 35 years or so. There's a stat I heard on Gary. There's 50-plus Super Bowls that have happened in the 53. NFL history. 53. Yep. Gary's been a part of like eight or nine of them as a player <laughs> wow. slash coach slash Crazy. whatever it is. So behind Elway, of course, as a player with the Broncos. And, I mean, that's a crazy stat. Yeah, yeah. it's a big deal. Yeah. To me, it is. And, and that's that's the pinnacle of the game. That's where we're trying to get. Yep. yep. Uh, last one for me. I, I want to ask you like an X's and O's question. Okay. Is that all right? Like sure. a, a schematic question. Fire away. And I get asked this. I've been asked this a lot this off season. Um, and I don't know exactly how to answer it because it's above my head. Okay. Uh, zone blocking. Yeah. Because we hear Zim, we've heard Zim talk about it, um, and it's been associated now with the Vikings offense for, mm-hmm. because of maybe some changes in personnel or, sure. or coaching staff. So explain what that is, yeah. but mostly explain the difference from that from another type of blocking maybe that we've employed in the past. So I think zone blocking, every team runs a version of zone blocking. Okay. Our version of zone blocking may be taught slightly different from them. But what you have really in the zone game is you have a tight zone and you have a wide zone. Mm-hmm. Um, these concepts or these schemes we've been running here, I mean, we ran it way back in 06. And over the years, we've run some zone scheme. It's more a question of how much zone scheme do you want want to run, how much gap scheme do you want to run how much toss so it's really you start to hang your hat on who we're going to be and and where you're going to live with zone scheme as you can imagine everybody's working in tandem we're taking the same steps we're working in tandem up to defenders and and working through the calls in gap schemes it's more we're working together uh, vertically we're coming together in double team blocks so okay gap scheme you'll see a lot of Double team between the guard and the tackle, pulling the guard, gotcha. power play. So that's where you're, you're in the gap scheme. Will we run gap schemes? Absolutely. Maybe we might run more zone scheme one week and, and adjust it, but I think as an offense, in order to be good, you have to be multiple. That That's what, as you were talking and I'm thinking, it's like when people think of offensive balance, they're, they're thinking, okay, uh, we had 34 pass attempts in the game, and we had 33 rushing attempts in the game. We were balanced on offense. And I think offensive balance is not that. I think offensive balance is in this game or at this point of the game, we needed to run it and we could run it. But later on at this point of the game, we needed to pass it and we could pass it. That to me is balance. And I think what you're saying reminds me of that. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be just a zone-blocking yep. scheme or just a gap block. You want to be able to do both. Is that kind of what you're saying? That's fair. And I think every team has to decide their identity. And that happens way back in mm-hmm. the whenever you're implementing your offense. So we've certainly chosen what we're going to be, but by no means are we saying we're not running we'll never run this player, we'll never run that right. player. We're only going to hang our hat on a certain type. That's just not what we're trying to be multiple. And yeah. And then where you guys really sort of are working hard and grinding is we love this play, the concept of this play, but you have to make subtle tweaks to it based on right blocking, zone blocking, gap blocking, maybe who you're playing, a 30-front yes. versus a 40-front. You have to modify plays. Absolutely. Right? And, that, and yeah. that's why where we are now at the point in training camp, when we get these vets back in here, we are back to teaching our system and, and really honing in on our system. Once you've done that and you've gotten through the amount of installs that you have, let's say it's seven, once you've gotten through that, you've taught it now – all right, remember that play? Let's change the route on that side yeah, right. to this because right. of this defense. But until you've taught your system, you really can't do that yet. Right, got it. 
All right, well, um, th- this one's over. We're only going to ask you to do this like 15 to 16 more times. Wabi, okay. whatever you need. <laughs> Great, thanks, man. Uh, did, were you recording that? He said, whatever I need. I'm, I will play that All right, timestamp that. Yep, of course, so you can edit that. It's <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, have a good camp, okay? Okay, thanks, right. guys. Yep. See you, guys. All right, our thanks to Kevin Stefanski for joining us in studio. I was joking with him that we're going to ask him to do that like 15 or 16 more times. I'm actually he didn't not, like that. Yeah, no, but I'm not really actually joking. Like, it won't be the podcast 15 times, but he's going to be on Game Plan. He's going to be on the podcast again. Yeah. Like, we're, we're he's gonna, one of the smartest guys in the building. He I is. Love, like, just like you learned, like even that X's and O's question that you asked him, it's yeah. so good to hear. Like, just he can explain it. He's seen so many different things as yeah. we talked about. Like, yeah. it's insane. Um, okay, so let's go over some camp storylines. Now, I have a question, though. <laughs> You need me to take the lead and do most of the lifting here because I think uh, I think your voice is a little hoarse. Yeah, if my voice sounds a little different, it's because I was yelling and screaming at the Twins-Yankees Classic last night. Yeah. We were with a couple VNers, including Brian Harper, who's also a resident Yankees mm-hmm. fan, mm-hmm. hopefully. And, uh, yeah, it was 14-12. I was screaming and yelling. I had my Bernie Williams jersey on. Legendary Yankee. 51, yeah. 51, that's right. Um, I dropped my football team for Minnesota. I will, I'm I'm strong with the purple and gold, but I, mm-hmm. I can't drop the pinstripes. That's no, you can't. <laughs> I, mean, I wouldn't want you to. I mean, uh, I'm 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 with you. I like the Yankees. No, I'm my not. My voice has been. Oh, I was. I don't even. Kirk was on. He. I talked to him this morning. He was yeah. like, "What's going on? With what, your what's voice? up with your voice?" <laughs> it sounds a little better now. Yeah, it sounds a little bit better now. I'm a little um, warmed up. But uh, you got one more game to go, by the way, because as of this recording, there's one more Twins Yankees game to go. You're supposed to come with me tonight. Uh, should I come with you tonight? Uh, it's up to you. I don't know. We'll see. I don't want to lose my voice though. <laughs> Maybe I'm not going to come. I might just watch it at home. Speaking of baseball, yeah, we had a baseball term from Coach Zim in his introductory press conference. I, I heard that he played college baseball. That's, for those who didn't that's know, right. that. yeah. Let's take a listen. Baseball term, I'd probably say, you know, fastball, fastball, change up, fastball, fastball, you know, throw a slider in there once in a while. So um, just give give the uh, offense a couple different looks that they, you know, that they have to work on and things like that. So, and I remember this from the end of OTAs, Chris, is there's so much continuity on the Vikings defense and they know each other and the scheme so well that that. Zim was talking about we were actually able with the first team defense yep. to emulate some looks that our offense got last year that they didn't handle well. Yep. You know, and so I thought that was a pretty cool, uh, some some cool insight from the head coach to the fans about what they're doing at practice. And I think that's kind of what he was talking about there, right? Yep. He was using he's using his defense as a way to throw a fastball, throw a fastball. Oh, here's a slider, a different type of formation that. We really did struggle with last year on offense. Now, on offense, right. so the offense is able to now learn how to combat those plays. And I mean, what better way to discuss yeah. something than yeah. baseball? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm not surprised you loved it. I'm not surprised you loved it. All right. Um, so 2019 Verizon Vikings training camp is underway. As we said at the top of the show, the full squad will have reported by Thursday evening and will practice together for the first time on Friday. The first padded practice, I believe, is going to be Sunday. That's right. Um, and then um, you know, we're going to have an interview with C.J. Rue coming up here, and, and that will give you uh, all the details you need to know about how to get here, how to reserve tickets, where you can park, the shuttles, um, some of the themed days that are happening at 2019 Verizon Vikings training camp. So stick with us here on the podcast to hear from CJ about all of that. And then whether you do or you don't, if you need more, go to vikings.com. There's a training camp page that Corso and Kim and Cardinal have all put together that has all the info on it, right? That's right. Okay. Training camp storylines. Let's get to them. Number one, what everyone loves to talk about during training camp. Position battles. Position battles. So let's go through them. Um, a few of the big ones, I think, that we're going to have to pay attention to. Defensive tackle. That's that's going to be a fun one. Now, the starters, I think, we're, like that's not a battle. Yep. Linval and Shamar Stefan. That's right. right. Okay. You paid Shamar the big money to come back yeah. here from so Seattle. We're good there. And it was like, I don't remember if it was 30 or 40 or 50 yards per game worse without Shamar last year than the year prior with Shamar in 2017. So Shamar Stefan coming back is going to help our run defense. Everyone loves Sheldon Richardson, but what a lot of people don't know, Vikings linebacker coach Adam Zimmer told me this. He said Shamar can stuff up the line the way that Sheldon couldn't because Sheldon was trying to get sacks. 
Shamar really yeah. takes these guys out, and it makes Eric Kendricks a twenty times better player, okay. which is that if you hear it from him, right? He watches all the films. So, so the position battle is not for the starting spots. The position battles is for the reserves, yep. for the backups, where. You have a couple of draft or a few draft picks actually, uh, one from a few years ago, Jaleel Johnson, one from a couple years ago, Jalen Holmes, and one from this year, Armin Watts. Those That's three right. guys all battling um, for spots as a, as a reserve defensive tackle. And then uh, I, you know who else I'd put in there is Hercules Mataafa. I would put him in there as well. Zim keeps mentioning, yeah, him. a guy who can provide some pass rush, a little bit of juice uh, for pass rushing from the inside if you need him to. Probably can line up at end. You know, I don't know what the scheme was in college for him. What you would say he played at Washington State, but um, a guy who can line up in a few different spots. So I'd throw Mata Afa in there as well. So um, I don't know that all those guys can make the team. I would love it if they all could. That'd be great. Find a way to get all of them on here. But with only 53 spots for um, all the positions, hard to imagine every one of those tackles making it. So that's a position battle that I think is going to be fun to watch. Watch out for Jalen Holmes. He's a big dude. Oh, yeah? He's a you, big guy. You got your eye on him. I got right. my eye on him. Lieber, um, who you're going to hear more from Ben Lieber on the 2019 Verizon Vikings training camp preview show, which we are filming and airing on Friday on Vikings.com and all Viking social platforms. So make sure you stay tuned for that or look out for that. Lieber is a big Mata Afa guy. Wow. You're a big Jalen Holmes guy? I kind of like Jalen Holmes. All right, cool. So we'll see how all that plays out. Um, I think you know the first couple of weeks of camp are going to matter, but the, the games are really going to matter uh, when it comes to solving those battles. This next battle is the one that I, I'm, I'm watching this one. Okay. Look, my eyes will be on these players. Okay. Why don't you frame it up, and I'm going to come at it a different way. All right, I'm, I'm going gonna, gonna to kind of harsh your mellow a little bit after you talk a lot about it. The best way to frame this position battle up, and it's wide receiver three mm-hmm. behind Stefan Diggs, and Adam Thielen is to hear from our very own Minnesota's local Tom Pelissero. Oh, yeah? Talking on NFL Network. Oh, well, what's he got? Let's hear it. He's got a player that he really does like, and he's going to tell you right now. Well, there's a whole bunch of them, but I'm going to give you one name to remember as we go through the preseason here, Cole. Chad Beebe, the son of former NFL receiver Don Beebe. Guy was undrafted a year ago out of Northern Illinois. He only played in a few games, but right now heading into camp, the number three receiver spot is Chad Beebe's to lose. Why is that significant? Well, the Vikings are probably going to play more two and even three tight end sets after drafting Irv Smith, having him be the compliment to Kyle Rudolph. But what defenses did a year ago on third downs, was take away Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs. When you do that, that's going to leave some one-on-one matchups in the slot. Chad Beebe is the guy that they think can beat man-to-man coverage. I'm, I'm with him on that. I, I think BB is the guy to beat for WR3. There's no doubt. Now, Zilstra's in there. Treadwell is in there. Uh, Badette and Dylan Mitchell and Ola B.C. Johnson and... Um, a lot of young players. Yeah, I mean, they're all going to be up there for it. I do agree, though, it's BB's job to lose. But what I what I think needs to be mentioned is actually I didn't know that Pelissero was also going to mention it, so he sort of stole my thunder. Is we're going to be steal your thunder. We're going <laughs> to be in two tight ends a lot. Yeah, or, we're going to be in twelve personnel, which is one running back and two tight ends, or twenty-two personnel, two running backs and two tight ends a lot because CJ Ham's going to be in the game a bunch too. Absolutely. So I think that diminishes a little bit. Maybe not the importance of WR3, but the frequency with which WR3 is on the field. Now, if BB or somebody else just is amazing in camp in the preseason, maybe your your philosophy shifts a little bit and you do a little less two tight ends than you thought and you get that guy on the field. But short of that happening, like an amazing jump up from somebody, I think we're going to be in a lot of two tight end sets. Yeah, and so. it's wild because really Irv Smith can kind of play as a wide receiver as well, like on a the outside bit, yeah. a little bit. So can Rudy. So can Rudy, yeah. yeah, exactly. They both can catch the ball. So um, I think you'll see this guy Chad Beebe in the slot against man-to-man coverage. I like his chances. And I like his chances too. I mean, yeah. because a lot of times, unless you've got it like you, and more, more and more teams are doing this, but unless you went out and got a nickel that you love and he's like your nickel guy, like think about Captain Munnerlin in his prime. You know, unless you have that, yep. you know, it's your third best corner is playing nickel. So BB against the thir- the team's third best corner, I like our chances there a lot. So you just gotta stay healthy. On a passing down when eleven personnel's on the field, I like that. You're right. He does have to stay healthy with his size and, and some injuries he's had in the past. You're right, he has to stay healthy. Let's stick with BB though for the next position battle. Returners. Returners. For the first time in a long time, 
both the punt return and kickoff return positions are Open. up for competition at the same time. Um, because we've had Percy Harvin do it. No no sweat about that. You knew he was going to be the kickoff returner. You've had Cordero Patterson doing it. No doubt about it. He was going to be the kickoff returner. You've had Marcus Sherrills here. No returner. doubt about it. He's the best punt returner in Vikings history. Well, none of those guys are here. So the, bat, the, the positions are open for competition. I think BB is a candidate for both, especially punts. Yep. Do you agree? I agree. I think Amir Abdullah is a candidate for both, but especially kickoff returns. That's my guy. Okay. I think Jordan Taylor, receiver Jordan Taylor, is in the mix, perhaps for punts. Um, Jeff Bedette, perhaps, is in the mix. When Mike Hughes is healthy, he's in the mix. So I think this is a, a position battle to watch throughout training camp in the preseason. A lot of people forget how electrifying Mike Hughes was. As a returner? In college. As a returner. Unbelievable. Yeah, he was really good. Those high-scoring games mm-hmm. um, with with UCF, obviously, uh, I mean, he was about as good as it gets. So mm-hmm. we have some pretty good options, especially when he gets healthy. All right, let's go quickly through the last three. Linebacker three I'm putting on the list of position battles do you think it is one, or do you think Ben Gideon already has it won? I think it's Ben Gideon. Okay, so you think this one's off the list. I, I, I like Eric Wilson a lot, and I know our linebackers coach likes him as well. Yep. But he also does really love – he loves Ben Gideon. Yeah. He, really, he says he has a nose for the football, and, and that's all I'll say. Yeah, the Michigan man has done a good job as LB3 the last two seasons, especially last year, and perhaps he'll get a little more playing time this year. Because um, I think teams are going to challenge us um, running the ball. And on running downs, Gideon's going to be on the field a bunch. So um, He's called an old-fashioned linebacker. And he That's is. He is. You know, Scott Studwell loved him. So yep. if Scott Studwell loves him, we should all love him, right? Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, all right. So probably let's, let's put this in the category of WR3. Yep. It's probably Chad Beebe's. Yep. LB3, probably Ben Gideon's. Yep. Cameron Smith is there, though, draft pick out of USC, who's trained at all three linebacker spots in college. You'll see him on special teams. He'll be on special teams a bunch, so uh, watch out for him. Kentrell Brothers, Eric Wilson has starting experience for both, filling in for both Kendricks and Barr. So um, we got got some players at linebacker for Adam Zimmer to um, to coach. All right, right guard. Same as WR3 and LB3. There's there's an incumbent. Not an incumbent because he's not returning from last year, but there's a favorite, a, a guy who's it is his to lose. That's Josh Klein, free agent signing from Tennessee. That's right. Right guard spot is his to lose, but there are people behind him to challenge for the spot, including a draft pick, Drew Samia. Maybe Oklahoma. Yep, maybe Avion Collins, who's got some position flexibility, although he may be better suited to be a swing tackle. Danny Isadora, draft pick from a couple of years ago from the, from the University of Miami, all could battle Josh Klein for that spot. But I, I kind of think it's Josh's to lose. Absolutely, you go with the veteran there for okay. sure. But you got a lot of young players who are going to be raring to go. Yeah. So last one, and this is—it's not a mess. I don't. It's not a mess because we have Xavier Rhodes, Trey Waynes, and Mackenzie Alexander. So we're good. I mean, we're most good. teams would love to have that trio. That's about as good as it gets. After that, though, I mean, we got we got some spots open. You usually keep five or six, and our fifth, actually our fourth and fifth corners are not probably not going to be available. Early in the season, we know we know Holton Hill isn't absolutely, and Mike Hughes is still battling back from his knee injury. So, we have some some spots open for competition at corner. Who, who steps up? Who's got the opportunity to step up? I a mean, draft it, pick, Chris Boyd. He does right. Yeah, draft pick out of Texas, Chris Boyd. I mean, he's such a great electrifying talent, athletic, pure ability. But he's got to buy into the system right. on defense, and he's a young guy, and and that's that's a knock on him, but. He's a guy who has the ability to do it, just like Holden Hill stepped into games last year against Seattle and Russell Wilson and makes a, he- a heck of right. a play on the goal line. I think this is the same type of player who can step in and make something happen. Okay, so let's segue into storyline number two, which is depth at cornerback, or lack of depth at cornerback, is storyline number two for me at camp. Another draft pick. Because, what do you mean? Marcus Epps. Well, trained at safety, but I think can play nickel if you want him to. Yep. So this whole thing, this whole issue of depth at corner is something to watch because we're good at the starting spots. I love what we have there, and we want those guys to stay healthy. But after that, we have Holton Hill and Mike Hughes, who are not available right now, and that's opportunity for other people to step up. For who? Chris Boyd, draft pick out of Texas. Duke Thomas, who you've never heard of, but you'll see a lot in the preseason. Um 
Chris's guy, Marcus Epps, who has who's drawn a lot of praise from Jerry Gray, Mike Zimmer, and George Edwards. From Wyoming. Yep, Darren Smith, who we got from the AAF, who is technically a safety but could play uh, maybe some corner or some sub packages. All these guys are guys you don't know, listeners right now. You don't know them very well. Craig if, James out of Minnesota Craig James, as well. He's around, yeah. He was active on the active roster last the, year. There's other guys, yeah, and there are, there are others. But So the, the thing to remember here is the way I've described it so far might cause you to be concerned, which is fair, but remember this. If there's a spot where we're just not really sure and we need to mold some guys and develop some guys and get them to step up, there's no better position for us to be for that to be the case than corner for 100%. us. 100%. With Mike Zimmer here. I mean, right? he's, I mean he's, he's the coach of all coaches. He's the cornerback guru. I mean, he probably would have wanted another cornerback in the draft pretty early. Okay. <laughs> Maybe we should have done that. I mean, I'm glad we have Garrett Bradbury. But remember all the remember the joke that Rick made like if if I take another corner, my wife my, won't yep. going to tell me to sleep on the couch or whatever. Yep. We kind of could use a first-round corner right now. I mean, so for all the people who are like, trade, trade, trade Xavier, you could never take a corner in the first round this year. Really? Yeah, you don't need, want a first-round corner now? We need them. We could we, use We need one. both those guys. I think Xavier's going to have a big, big year this year. I hope so. That's storyline number two, depth at corner, a position to watch here. Not to be concerned about, but something to pay attention to. Storyline three. The last one. Stay healthy. Health. You need to be healthy. Again, Mike Hughes is working his way back. No reason not to think he won't be full speed, but he's not there yet. So you got to watch that. How about the tight ends that we had missing time at the end of the offseason program? Yeah, we had some tight ends. Including Irv Smith. Irv Smith. Uh, we had uh, David Morgan is battling something as well. And Tyler, Tyler Conklin. Conklin as well. He had a little he, – he was sick. He wasn't – I don't know. I don't know if it was an actual injury, so I think he's good to go. That's fine, but I, I didn't say injuries. I said yeah. health. <laughs> yes, we need these guys to be healthy and be out there, man. Yes. Got Linval coming back. Um, you know, from you know, he was dealing with injuries. Adam Thielen was dealing with injuries during the season. Stephon Diggs. So I mean, we got to we got to stay healthy. We got to get healthy and stay healthy. That's one of the most, if not the most, important thing to have happen during training camp is you want to get through it, get through the preseason, and get to the starting line. Get to week one with as many of your key contributors healthy as possible. And remember, we have a late bye this week, so or this year, so we can't like be looking forward to a week five bye to get people rested and healthy. That's right. It's late, man. Like We, we can't be waiting around for the bye. It ain't we got to win right away. It ain't coming for a few months, yep. so got to stay healthy throughout training camp. Speaking of training camp, let's get the lowdown, the nuts and bolts, um, on everything related to 2019 Verizon Vikings training camp from a logistical and operational standpoint. How do you get tickets? Where do you park? What day should you come? What are the theme days? All of those questions answered in the following interview with Vikings manager of special events, CJ Rue. All right, so as we said at the top of the show, we're going to um, go deep diving a little bit on Vikings training camp this year. We're already on day two of it, uh, technically for the team. Uh, but for the fan portion of it, it begins later this week. And so there's probably no one really who knows uh, the ins and outs of camp better than manager of special events for the Vikings, our buddy C.J. Rue. What's up, man? How's it going, guys? Thanks What's for having on? me. You bet. Thanks for coming in. We know that you're busy right now. And so um, there's probably fires to put out and um, really cool things for you to be doing. But here you are in the in the radio studio talking to us. You know, take a couple minutes for you guys anytime. I bet um, I bet you could use a couple minute break about this time of year. Like for the team, July, they're chilling, man. I mean, they're going home. They're in Miami. They're wherever, you know, they're at golf tournaments in Lake Tahoe. Not you. No, not me. You're grinding, getting getting ready for camp. Yeah, our uh, you know we really start ramping camp up right after the draft party. Really? We, uh, wow. It's a big lift, you know. Now that we're here in Egan at Twin Cities Orthopedic Performance Center, it's a lot different than Mankato. You know, a lot more things go into it. It's a bigger bigger production. Um, it's ours, so we get a little bit more creativity. We do the best we can with it, but it's a it's a big ordeal. A lot of different departments help out. You know, guys like you guys help us out. Uh, it's like the one event that I work on that's truly organizational. Yeah, yeah. All right. So you know, when you say we start working on camp um, once the draft party is over, tell us a little bit more about that because it's not just you who's doing it. You've, Definitely not just me. You've got a staff who works for you. You work for people. Yeah. You've got external folks probably that you contract in. So I know you can't tell us everything about it in, in this five or ten minutes, but um, give people an idea of the scope 
of you know what it takes to run camp. So it kind of starts out, we have a small group of people internally from various departments. There's about five of us. We start meeting, kind of laying out how we want camp to look, um, meeting about budget. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know about dates until whenever mid-June usually. Yeah. But we start working, have our conversations, and then from there we kind of assign roles and spread that out across the organization, who's going to do what. Because like you said, there's, there's way too much for just one or two people to really handle with this. So we, have, we start with a group of five, and you know, by the time camp starts our operation, we're up 30, 40 people, not mm-hmm. including vendors and things like that. Yeah, yeah. So the rookies and quarterbacks and a few other folks reported, and the first practice was Tuesday, was mm-hmm. yesterday. And so that, that's going on. But it's really showtime for, for training camp for you guys and the full squad on Friday, right? It is. So what, what's that day like for you when you show up to work on Friday morning? Uh, it's exciting, yeah. You know, I mean, just like anybody else, I'm a fan first and foremost. So football's back. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a great time of year for everybody. It's very nerve wracking. Um, it's only our second year here, so you don't really know what to expect in terms of fan turnout, uh, which will be strong. But the way that everything's going to lay out is everything going to run right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the weather, you know, you can't yeah. stress about things you don't know. But man, the weather's always a big one. Yeah. So uh, Friday is the big day. Um, that'll be the you know that'll be the first day, and it's mm-hmm. going. The, what's the last practice? The sixteenth August. Oh, sixteenth. Okay. Yep. So that's what we're talking seven seven. 16. Not every day is open in that span. I think we have though. sixteen open dates. Sixteen total open dates because there's a so. couple of days off, like mm-hmm. the the day after the night practice yep. is off, right? So you got a couple of preseason game in there too. And so folks need to make sure they go check that out before they decide when they want to come. Yep. <laughs> make sure you're coming on a day where camps open. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean. Um, and so walk folks through that process, the ticketing, the parking, and, and what they can expect and maybe some tips for them. Yeah, absolutely. So the big thing that we want to make sure everybody understands is, you know, everything can still be free. We're not looking to charge people a bunch of money. Like we want people to come check this out. So general admission tickets are free. They're always free. To claim those, you could just go to vikings.com. Um, you can always contact the ticket office. Mm-hmm. Uh, but vikings.com slash training camp, all the ticket information is there. We do charge $10 for parking, um, which we encourage people to purchase in advance. Parking is not limited, but it helps us to know how many cars to expect every day. Mm-hmm. So it's $10 if you pre-purchase, $20 if you buy day of. Um, all of that can be handled through vikings.com, through the ticket office. But then you know our schedule is up there, and it, like you said, it is important to look at the schedule. And Some days fill up fast. The night practice on August 3rd, that, that night fills up real quick. So I think we have limited availability there. There's a couple other days that autograph-wise are you know, usually popular. But then there's just some random days, like a couple of Fridays are usually very busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that first weekend is busy because you know, it's the first one. And then um, like that Monday, Tuesday, you know, I never remember exactly when they're in full pads for the first time. But yeah. there's that rule where they can't be in pads for the first couple of days. So that first full pad practice is usually a big one, too. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned something in that answer, autographs. And, you know, we talked about how weather can affect attendance at mm-hmm. camp and, and the aura of camp that day. Autographs do, too. And you guys do a different position every day. That's that's sort of the process that you guys have gone through. So explain that. It is. And we're actually trying something new this year, which you might talk about things that keep you up at night. This is one of them. But, okay. uh, um we are moving autographs to kids only 18 and under this yeah, year. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, the reason for that, just to kind of get out in front of that a little bit, is it's all about fan experience, you know, and um, – the little kids, they're they're so impressionable at this age, and then the, the Vikings, you know, getting the chance to meet their heroes. If we can do that, and we can get them in front of the team, it's just a better in, environment for the family. It's a better mm-hmm. environment for the kids, the players. They like signing for kids too. It's not that we don't appreciate our adult fans. Obviously, we do in a very big way. But training camp is supposed to be about family and things like that. So this is an opportunity to improve the fan experience for our families. Uh, some of which can't afford to come to games. So training camp is their opportunity to come check yeah. out the team. So we're trying to maximize that. But the the rest of it is the same as it's always been. One position group per day. So um, I don't have the schedule in front of me. but I'm, you It's know, on we'll the do, website. Yeah, It's all on the website. But we'll do one position group per day, about 30 minutes per day. We'll get through about 150 people each time. Um, it runs pretty smooth, you know, and it autographs. They're, they're a big part of training camp, whether we want it to be or not. And it's important to get everybody in front of our players as much as we can. And it's not Mankato anymore, so it's yeah. a little bit different situation. And that's that's a different part of this year compared to last year is the schedule. Yes, it is. Autographs were always after walkthrough in the morning, they right? Were. And not the case this year. Not the case. So Coach changed the schedule up on us a little bit. So the walkthrough got bumped up to earlier in the morning. I think it's at 9 a.m. now. Um, and instead of them going to lunch right after the walkthrough like they have for years – 
now they have meetings and things like that. So we've actually decided to close the walkthroughs since we're going to move autographs to after the afternoon yeah. practice. So they don't start till 4.30. Yeah. And it's, it's, that's a change, and sometimes people think change is bad. That's, that's not a bad change. That's just a timing change. I, I think we like it. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, a, it's, it's new. It's fresh. You know, we've yeah. had the same schedule daily. I mean, how long have you been here? Uh, 15 years this year. I've been year, here yeah. 11, and it's yeah. never changed. Yeah. So this is the first time really where our, our schedule has changed a lot. And so I yeah. think this is a, a breath of fresh air. It gives us an opportunity to program just a couple of hours a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, from a staff standpoint, it allows us to do a little bit more creativity-wise. Uh, yeah. And it, it really helps us focus in on that afternoon practice where the focus really should be, too. Yeah. Um, the theme days, uh, the night practice is Saturday, August 3rd. Correct. Correct. Um, so camp will be closed that following day, but mm-hmm. that that's a really cool experience it that is. night practice. But I know you guys have other theme days and things you want to talk about, like fan appreciation day and yeah. the camps that you have. So we've got a couple of things going on this year that are new. Um, the 27th of July, so our second day open, that's Saturday. We're doing uh, kind of we're calling Minnesota Football Day. Mm-hmm. Basically, we're celebrating youth football, high school football in the state of Minnesota. So we're encouraging youth teams to come out, wear their jerseys. But one cool thing we're doing, I don't know if you remember this, but during the preseason, we host a high school skills challenge. Usually oh, yeah. the morning of the, a preseason game. Yeah, yeah. We're moving it out here on okay. Saturday. So from noon to 2, I think we have 12 uh, teams from across the state that are going to come in, do the high school skills challenge. Um, you know, We're encouraging fans to come out, check that out. And then the winner, the top three teams from that are going to compete for the championship or whatever Mm -hmm. at halftime of the Seahawks game. So that's kind of the focal point of that practice. August 1st, we're doing a salute to service day. So we're working with all the branches of the military, veterans associations to try to get as many veterans and active duty soldiers to out to practice and just show them, you know, our appreciation for what they do. Obviously we'll do some activities for kids that are geared towards, you know, military things. Um, and then the next day, August 2nd, we're doing a first responders day. Okay. So we'll have uh, fire trucks, police vehicles, ambulance vehicles on display, photo opportunities. Wow, get a that's chance pretty to, cool. Yeah, get a chance to meet firefighters and stuff from the local communities. And just like with our salute to service people, an opportunity to say thank you. You know, these are our frontline people and the ones that keep us safe and at training camp especially. You know, they have a strong presence here, so we want to be able to say thank you for everything that they do for us. Yeah. And then um, we're going to do a Viking Women's Day on August 11th. Um, so Tammy Hedrick is going to be programming the day with some special activities geared towards our female fans, but I mean, it's for everybody, obviously, but, uh, more geared towards females, um, some special activities there. And then fan appreciation day will be the last day where mm-hmm. we'll do some giveaways, autograph items. Um, just try to, you know, say thanks for coming out and supporting the Vikings as we get ready for the regular season. And then uh, museum is open. It is right. And what's some other stuff around that area? That folks Locker room can do? store, locker room store, museum um, concessions. Yep. And on the concession side of things, uh, we launched our Vikings, um, the Vikings table. food Oh truck. yeah, that's right. The so, food truck. Yep. Yeah. It'll be here daily. So yeah. uh, everybody can check that out. And the cool thing about that is everything that they sell that just goes back into funding the food truck and their initiatives. So, we want to make sure that we're helping out with that. We have kids on all sorts of kids' activities this mm-hmm. year. Um, you know, like I said, it's just, we're building this as a family-friendly environment, and so we're gearing towards kids. We do have an indoor area this year too, called oh, the wow. Huddle. Try to give people an opportunity to get out. The sun it gets real hot, but it'll have you know food and beverage. We'll have an esports lounge, some arcade games, mm-hmm. things like that. Just another element. So if you want to come early, which obviously we encourage. Um, come early, check out all this stuff, and then go to practice. Yeah. Um, I feel like um, talking to you on this day is like talking to uh, Ian Rappaport or Adam <laughs> Schefter. Like, your phone's buzzing. You, you got to go, man. You're busy. There's a couple things going on. Yeah, you do. But uh, we appreciate you stopping by here and filling everyone in on training camp. Folks should go to vikings.com for anything they want repeated or anything we didn't touch on. Yeah. All that information is there, right? It's, anything else they should know? It's all there. No, it's, yeah. it's all there, and we appreciate all of our fans. We're really excited to have everybody out this year. Yeah. All right, man. Good luck at camp okay appreciate it all right our thanks to cj rue for joining us on the first edition of the minnesota vikings podcast giving you all the ins and outs of training camp how to get here and how to have some fun again if you need more info or you want something repeated go to vikings.com go to the training camp page all that information is there all right uh we're getting to the end of the show but before we go we want to get to a few things including term of the day that coming up in in a second but first some fan mail chrissy what do you got all right, question one. I know NFL teams have had success with the father and son on the same staff. As it pertains, the Vikings have Adam Zimmer as well as Clint Kubiak under uh, Gary Kubiak. So that this is what Chris K wants to know. What He's from Fowler, California. What mm-hmm. What is this dynamic on a team? I think 
it can be looked at as people would be like, oh, of course, he hired his son to be the coach. Like, oh, that guy didn't have to work hard. But that that's really not usually the case. Like, Adam Zimmer has worked his way up in, through the rankings, and he hasn't been with Mike Zimmer his whole time. As you heard Kevin Stefanski explain, Clint Kubiak was with the Vikings uh, during the Leslie Frazier and beginning of the Mike Zimmer era, so he wasn't with his dad the whole way. Like these, these coaches worked way up. But the most important thing about this is, as a coaching staff, not only do you want acumen and knowledge about the game and yep. be able to teach the game, you have to be able to trust your coaches. Like Mike Zimmer has to know that his coaches have his back. And a lot of times your son is someone or, or a family member is someone that you're naturally going to have that trust that's in. Good point. And I think that's like as important as anything is the, the trust and the strength of a relationship that a head coach has with his staff. Number two, a great question again from Turlock, California, from Larry. I noticed that John Sullivan is still not signed. Do you think with his previous connection with the Vikings that he might be worth looking into for depth? It's interesting, yeah. Former Viking um, who's Started gone on, on to play. on the Super Bowl team. For the Rams. Yep. Yeah. Last two seasons, Sullivan played in 31 of 32 games and started all 31 games. So I, I looked at that, and I thought that was interesting. To me, this has the look and feel, Sully's situation, of – a guy who's probably good enough to play definitely has a lot to give to an organization from a community standpoint and a, and a knowledge and leadership standpoint. But to me, this has the look and feel of a situation where when an unfortunate injury happens along the interior of the offensive line to a team, Sully's going to get called. Yep. And I don't think you know he may not get called before then, but as soon as someone needs a guy, they're gonna they're gonna see Sully's on the street and they're gonna call. Him. That's that's a that's a good point, and it's pretty crazy that he was the starter on the Rams' offensive line. The team that made it to the Super Bowl obviously yeah. lost the big game. Yep. But, all right, number three from Bill. Does the medical staff do anything different with recovery from knee injuries when it comes to players playing different positions? That's a really good question. Yeah, I think there are probably, like, let's use an ACL injury. Like, Every person is different. Every person heals different ways, and I think every injury is different. Like, like there's probably a standard ACL tear. You know, Shugs could probably explain that, or a, a doctor could explain that. But sometimes you also damage other ligaments or other cartilage along with that ACL tear. So I don't think every injury is the same. Therefore, every recovery, every treatment, every surgery, they're not all the same. Then you throw in. An offensive guard has to do these types of movements, so you're going to structure yep. a recovery one way as opposed to a corner who's got these different kinds of movements or a running back. So I do think that there are probably parts of the injury and of the recovery that are standard, that every everyone has to do the same. Except for Adrian Peterson. He recovers in like well, yeah. four months. <laughs> but I, I think that there are lots of different aspects to injuries and, uh, and to recoveries based on your age, what stage of the career you're in, if you've had that injury before, what position you play, um, the timeline, all that. So I think there's I think there's a lot of distinctions. I think there are more distinctions than there are similarities. That's a good point. All right, moving forward, we are going to a new segment on the on the Minnesota Viking. I was about to say Wobcast. Oh we're not God. we're not doing the Wobcast. The Minnesota anymore. Vikings podcast term of the day. Mm-hmm. This this week's uh, word is going to be waiver wire. It two, right. It's two words. It's the term of the day. The right. waiver wire. What does that mean, Wabi? Yeah. Let's well, hear it. well, you heard Zim mention it uh, in his training camp opening press conference. He mentioned the waiver wire, and you're going to hear the term waiver wire a lot from from Zim. You hear it from Rick when he talks. Um, and it's the waiver wire. And the rules around the waiver wire, they change throughout the year. But essentially, the waiver wire is a system that allows teams to submit claims on players. And the priority for that claiming system is based, is, is based on the team's record. So, like for example, right now, the waiver wire priority is the draft order from the 2019 draft. Okay, So when a player hits waivers... Every team has an opportunity to claim that player, and the Arizona Cardinals get first dibs on it. So, yep. if a player hits, if Jay Nelson hits the waiver wire, and the Jets, <laughs> the Browns, I'm that guy up. the Vikings, <laughs> and the Patriots all claimed him, 
They don't get them because the Cardinals claimed them, so they get them first. But if the Cardinals pass on them, then the number two team gets a chance to claim them. So you submit your claims for these players over a 24-hour period, and then the 24-hour period ends, and whoever's highest on the priority list that claimed them gets that player. Now, where there are some subtleties that you have to know about it is not everyone is subject to waivers all the time. So as an example, a vested veteran, someone with four years of accrued experience who is released right now, like Mike Daniels, who was released by the Green Bay Packers. He does not go to the waiver wire because he's a vested veteran. He immediately becomes... What a great example you an, just used, thank Bobby. You. <laughs> he becomes an unrestricted free agent. An all-pro, not on the Packers anymore. That sounds right. great. Now, if the Packers cut Jair Alexander right now... Young who's, player. ...who's going into his second season, he's on his rookie contract, waiver wire. So the Cardinals would be like... Uh, Wow, we're going to claim that guy. He's on our team now. I mean, we could take another corner, too. (laughs) Yeah, so that's how the waiver wire works. Now, um, right now, the waiver wire priority is the same as it was for the draft. That's going to change after week three of the regular season. Okay, so week three will happen and will be done, and then the waiver wire priority order will change, and the team with the worst record in the NFL will be first all the way through. The best record will be 32nd, and then it will change every week going forward for the rest of the season. And I believe once the uh, trade deadline passes, even vested veterans become subject to waivers. So the trade deadline is like week six or seven. So if um, the San Diego Chargers or the Los Angeles Chargers decide to uh, cut, waive Keenan Allen, which we would love for them to do, uh, after the trade deadline. You get a lot of nice options here. Keenan Keenan Allen is subject to waivers. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's the waiver wire. Um, some of these terms that we do are going to have like specific definitions. The waiver wire is not one, so it's, you an, explain it's that. an interesting one to yeah. start uh, the term of the day with because uh, it's a complicated one that changes throughout the course of the year depending on what part of the NFL calendar we're in. But that's the waiver wire, um, and so that is today's term of the day. We actually had a bonus term of the day. Our final question to Stefanski was. Zone What is blocking. zone blocking? And yeah. he did a great job of explaining it. So you actually got two terms. I think he's today. a little better at explaining that than, than Thanks us. a lot. Well, <laughs> or than you. Thanks. <laughs> what is it, Rip Wobby Day? I'm just getting ripped to shreds on this uh, one. All right, well, explain to the fans how they can get involved in the Minnesota Vikings podcast. Yeah, well, because this is going to be a really cool new feature, yep. and we really want you guys to get involved and. More than just typing your question, now you could actually give some, yeah, some give some New York emotion, maybe. Yeah, you can I'm call and that. rant. You can burn. Go on a nice rant. All right, the number is 952-918-8438. We have a, a phone number set up and a voicemail box set up. 952-918-8438. You call that number, and Chris is not going to answer. <laughs> No one's going to answer that phone call. I mean, I might. Who knows? But a voicemail is going to going to pick up, and we want you to leave a short voicemail for us. We want you to ask a question. Leave your name. Uh, yeah, please leave your name and and a town that uh, you want to be associated with you, a hometown or where you are right now. Name and and hometown, and we want you to rant on on an opinion. We want you to leave a question or a thought. Uh, we want you to rip Corso for liking the Yankees. Uh, whatever you want to do. But spend 15, 20, 30 seconds and give us your opinion or give us your question. 952-918-8438. Now, this is, the first, this is the introduction of this, so we don't have any to play for you right now. But some episodes of the Minnesota Vikings podcast will be playing your voicemails. For next week's podcast, we want you to call in. You can ask a question if you want. But we want you to call in and leave a voicemail. Give us a surprising development that could happen for the Vikings in 2019 that would lead to a successful season. Something people aren't talking about. Something you haven't heard already predicted on NFL Network or on Vikings.com. Something realistic, but give us a surprise development. It could be a player or a scheme or a side of the ball or a coach. Give us something positive that would be a surprise that could realistically happen that would lead to some success for the Minnesota Vikings in 2019. Awesome. Last thing, let's go. Let's get out of here um, with something to remember until next week's edition of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. Remember what happened during the spring, during the offseason program, during OTAs, 
and during minicamp because that matters to the coaches and the scouts who are evaluating this roster. Yes, training camp is important. We're going to go through two weeks of training camp. We're going to go through a month of preseason games, and what you see over the next month matters. But so too does what happened during the 12 or 13 weeks of the offseason program where the Vikings had 10 OTAs and they had a three-day mandatory minicamp. Remember, that matters. So just because someone has a great two weeks here at training camp, it doesn't mean Xavier Rhodes is not going to be a starter at corner anymore. Or it doesn't mean like Cole Hickettini does great for two weeks here at camp. He's not supplanting Kyle Rudolph as a starting tight end. So, yes, what happens here matters. That's why we're covering it wall-to-wall for you. That's why we have a daily highlight. That's why we cover press conferences and interviews, and we have podcasts, and we have the rundown, and we have the training camp preview show because it matters what happens. But so, too, does what happened in the, in the spring and the offseason program. These guys have already put a lot of time and effort into the 2019 season, and that will not be for naught. And also remember, the most important thing that can happen to a team during training camp is for that team to stay healthy. So keep your fingers crossed that all of our guys stay healthy. All right, that's it, man. We're done. I love this new song. Me too. The first edition of the Minnesota Vikings podcast is over. We thank you for listening. We thank Kevin Stefanski for joining us. I thank Jay Nelson, Jesse Marquette, and Chris Corso for producing. We're out of here for now, but we'll be back next week with another edition of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. Until then, Skull Vikings.